Hey everybody, I know you've been hearing us talk a lot about YLT, RYM's Youth Leader Training. We had one in Nashville, we also had one in Paradise, Pennsylvania, and so I thought it'd be a good idea for us to have a conversation today looking back at both those YLTs. So I'm going to be talking to Reverend Michael Hall, who many of you already know. I hope you enjoy this conversation to hear some of the behind the scenes, the highlights, and also future planning for YLT. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. Today, we will be talking to Reverend Michael Hall. Michael, how's it going, man? Hey, John, how's it going? Good, good. Um, Those who listen to the podcast know that Michael was on season one uh, with our five basic questions. He was also on, on season two. Uh, talking about kind of what YLT is, and we were uh, explaining kind of the the philosophy of ministry, kind of behind our uh, behind RYM's YLT, and why why we do that. And um, so, yeah, this is Michael's third time on. Doesn't really need much of an introduction, but Michael, why don't you just quickly those who might not know who you are, uh, tell them where you are currently and what you do with RYM. Hey, John, what's YLT? <laughs> Good question, Michael. Why don't you answer that? <laughs> no, I was trying to throw that out. You can kind of edit something in. but No, that's um, good. We'll keep it. Uh, anyway, it's all good. Uh, it's funny because you and I both have you know, been a part of what YLT is for, you know, for a long, long time, and it becomes kind of part of our, nomen- you know, part of our vocabulary like RYM. So uh, youth leader training is not more than just an event. It truly is uh, – it's a movement taking over the world. No, uh, so anyway, I, I live in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, and moved here in 2012 as the pastor for students at Trinity Presbyterian Church here. Um, lived in Clemson, South Carolina, St. Louis, Missouri, uh, serving in, in churches, doing uh, youth ministry for around 20 years. And uh, uh, as the director of training with RYM, I oversee the, the Youth Leader Training Conference, the church internship program, and do a lot of coaching, pastoral care, consulting with youth workers, and people doing youth ministry in the local church, kind of all over the place. Uh, married to but one wife, uh, the beautiful Kirby, and have three kiddos, Mackenzie, who's a junior in high school, Carter, who's a freshman, and John Thomas is our seventh grader. Yeah, so you, you've got yeah a youth ministry at your house. All three children are in either junior high or senior high, um, which Absolutely. I'm, I'm just starting to get in, in that with my oldest. Um, but yeah, so, so look, today, what Michael and I thought we would do, um, those who are listening to the podcast consistently, you've heard us plug YLT, uh, Youth Leader Training. And uh, we, we have, we've had, let's see, the one in Nashville. It's been in Nashville, what, eight years? But prior to that, it was Memphis and Jackson, Mississippi area. Right. So. Yeah, we had like two two years in Memphis when it started in 2008. We did two years uh, south of Jackson, Mississippi, and we've been in Nashville ever since okay. it, with the uh, kind of the first conference. And then this year in 2019, we launched the first ever, uh, the inaugural YLT Northeast Conference just outside of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We also call it YLT in Paradise because we were uh, we were using, we were being hosted, very well hosted by a church, Keystone Church in Paradise, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, and it was great. We'll talk more about that. Yeah, yeah, and shout out to uh, Brandon there as the the lead pastor. I know many were helpful at Keystone, but Brandon was kind of the point person uh, at, at the YLT in, in Paradise, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, so yeah, Michael and I thought that we would um, discuss YLT a little bit, uh, talk about some of the highlights of, of YLT, both the, the Nashville and the the Paradise, uh, Pennsylvania YLT. Um, and yeah, just kind of discuss that a little bit, uh, share some, uh, en- encouragements, uh, from, from that and maybe some behind the scenes as well. Uh, so yeah, we just wanted to have a little bit of a conversation and, and hope, uh, you guys enjoy this. Uh, so with that, Michael, I guess maybe just kind of begin, I mean, to me, it seems like from, from my perspective looking in and, and as I've said something like this before, I feel like I can hype wildy a little bit because, I don't have anything to do with it. You know, I show up and uh, teach a class every now and then, but, <laughs> but you do all the, the planning and the behind the scenes. And so from my perspective, it seems like it's kind of like a sigh of relief probably from you as much as you enjoy it um, and, you know, are encouraged by it. It's a 
huge thing uh, to pull off. So now that you're on this side of YLT Nashville, but then the inaugural YLT Northeast, uh, how are you feeling? What what are you thinking as you kind of look back and reflect on it? Well, I mean, once again, God was gracious to us. Uh, you know, we law, RYM lost a, a real anchor in, uh, in our ministry staff uh, at the end of 2018. And Kevin Friedman, uh, as the Lord called him on to, uh, to different service. Um, and, uh, you know, he's been kind of the administrative hub for like 10 years. So uh, <laughs> this year in particular, I, I felt the weight of some of the details for sure. But, you know, in, in, in a nutshell, I, I know myself, and this is just a side lesson here, uh, know yourself and know that, you know, while you quote unquote can do something doesn't mean you have to be the one to do something. So we, we really divided and conquered, you know, had a number of youth workers, some in Nashville, some in other places doing a lot of uh, help with the work for it. But uh, all that is to say, while this year's YLTs were certainly more uh, kind of physically exhausting for me, you know, I can't, I've come away and done some reflection last week uh, and just reading through evaluations and, and even follow up emails with folks uh man god was gracious um both of them in distinct ways uh were a real blessing to a whole lot of people and that's our that's our goal um you know our heart beats for the local church and its efforts in youth ministry um we all know that it is an incredibly difficult calling it is one that is often overlooked if not feels totally invisible sometimes uh we in youth ministry feel like it's the most crucial target for the local church but often feel like it's the most underappreciated, you know, some of that could be our own self-righteousness and a chip on our shoulder, but, uh, um, but it also is, it, you know, too often that, that uh, truth is borne out in people's lives. So to go away after both of these weeks and listening to men and women from, you know, big suburban churches to small rural churches, uh, literally from all over the country, articulating, uh, succinctly and clearly that, uh, that they both personally and, you know, vocationally um, were encouraged. Uh, they feel equipped um, and they, they were blessed by the opportunity to connect with, with youth workers, many who they've seen year to year and, and others they've met for the first time. Yeah. And, and Michael too. And, and I guess let me go ahead and say that kind of give some behind the scenes on the, the podcast here. We do this sometimes with parenting today. We don't really have an outline at all of what I'm going to be asking Michael. I mean, this is really just kind of a, a conversation uh, that we're just kind of ad-libbing as, as we go along. And so Michael, throwing this out to you, not to, to put you on the spot, but um, maybe even looking at the name, YLT Youth Leader Training. Um, why, why do we call it training and not a conference, maybe just kind of explaining that as well. What, what makes this different different than just kind of a youth ministry conference? Why is it called youth ministry, uh, youth leader training? Yeah, well, I would say one of the things that makes uh, our event unique, um, while it does share um, some positive attributes with a number of other uh, things that uh, are out there to to try to uh, connect with youth workers and, and help them in their call. Um, you know, RYM YLT is unique because we actually teach a specific philosophy of ministry to youth workers rather than simply being simply probably not the right word, but rather than only being, uh, uh, an event that you attend and hear some dynamic Bible teachers, uh, and then gather a bunch of, uh, uh good content on good topics. Um, the heartbeat of the training part is is a, is a slow walk year to year through um, a philosophy ministry that is not about what you do, but it's about how you take what you believe, our doctrine, or the truths of Scripture, and and bear it out into the lives of the students you're serving, uh, which would be the methodology piece. And it's this it's this interpretive grid that helps you to to be thoughtful about what you're doing, and it frees you to remember things like God is at work, and it's just kids grow at different speeds and. And all these different principles that are involved there that keep you grounded and rooted and help you from, uh, you know, help you in the methods that you do and how you do what you do to stay grounded, to stay rooted, to not feel like you have to keep up with the, uh, you know, the, the flashier church around the corner or not get defeated when kids don't seem to be growing as fast as you want. Um, anyway, there's so many things I could say about it. But that's, in short, that's the thing that's unique. Um, there's a particular set of, uh, of content that we're teaching through um, and doing it slowly and thoughtfully and uh, – 
yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think that's well said, and that's part of the reason I, I asked that is we're kind of thinking of um, maybe some of the joys of YLT. Uh, you know, that that's what was always so encouraging to me. I mean, when I came uh, long before I came on staff with RYM and just going as a youth leader, uh, it was just so encouraging uh, to, to have this philosophy of ministry communicated through YLT because it just helped you wade through all the kind of fogginess that you can sometimes have when you're in a local church doing ministry. It just had this foundation, uh, and obviously that foundation built on on Scripture and and kind of you know simplified your calling in a sense it's like okay wow th- this is you know with all these moving pieces with all these students lives and parents lives that I'm dealing with and trying to minister to it allowed you to get some just uh you know pegs to hang your hat on if you will of like okay well I can focus on these aspects and you know however I, I implement this and in my church context um I can you know focus on these theological truths and and that's what you know I love about the the philosophy of ministry that's taught of just a fixed theology and a flexible methodology. And so, Michael, as you said, I mean, I'm thinking about this YLT Northeast, you know, in Paradise, Pennsylvania. I mean, we had people from the state of Washington, you know, as well as, um, you know, Florida, Texas, uh, Ohio, Pennsylvania, I mean, all over the place. And we know as we're talking about some of this philosophy of ministry, Obviously, in those contexts I just named, it's going to be fleshed out so differently in the local church. But you can take this theology and you know flesh it out in, in uh, a variety of ways. And so, to me, I mean, that, that's just kind of one of the joys each year. Um, even you know, as I'm serving now on staff with RYM, it just helps clarify for me, you know, what youth workers are to be doing in the local church. But I know, um, having so many conversations with others, that they're kind of echoing those same things. Thank. Uh... Richie Sessions, when he was teaching about one of the one of the aspects of the philosophy ministry, he was talking about how freeing it is because, um, you know, whether you're in Minnesota or Mississippi, um, there's certain stuff that's just true. Um, but if you're in Missouri, I mean, if you're in Mississippi or you're in Minnesota, your your people are likely kind of uh, fleshing out their experience of the church in a different culture, and you have to know your people and. And that's where you can kind of stand on the on the firm foundation of the truth, and you can have this grid to think through. Okay, who are my people? Where's my church? Um, how am I? You know, that's more than more than contextualization, more than demographics. But it's all this to say, it truly does unite youth workers around their common call because you've got in, a, in, the, in the same room you've got youth workers from rural Southwest Minnesota uh, uh, being encouraged, equipped, the same. Uh, the same philosophical grid as guys in suburban Pittsburgh um, and, and able to look across the table at one another and, and realize, wow, this, this applies in both of our places. And it's so freeing to know that we can actually flesh it out in a way that honors our smaller and more rural community, just like you can go flesh it out in a way that's, that fits your community more. Um, but we're, but we're standing on the same foundation. We're standing in the same place, thinking about uh, our call the same way. Yeah, absolutely. And, Michael, I was wanting you to, to just kind of maybe think over some highlights when I ask you, okay, what are some highlights of, you know, Wild Nashville as well as Wild Northeast? When I ask that, what are some of those that, that come to mind? And, and I'll go ahead and just jump in and say as I even say highlights, to me, I mean, this is just kind of focusing on Wild Northeast. I mean, there, there were highlights obviously from, from Nashville, but as I just kind of think over the highlights of Wild just the fact that Wild Northeast was a new – conference. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't know, um, you know, what the week would, would ultimately end up, um, you know, being, but I mean, just seeing how that came together and getting to interact with youth workers that I, I really didn't know and youth workers outside of our usual context was just so encouraging to, to me. So that conference as a whole was just, was a highlight obviously, but what are some of those highlights that you kind of, that, that come to the top as you, you think over these, these two conferences? I, uh, the fact that YLT Northeast happened was a was a real, was a real highlight for this year, as you said. Uh, you know that was kind of three years in the making when we began to dream about growing youth leader training. Um, and you know, as we saw the national conference uh, uh, attendance went down a little bit, uh, but with the addition of the conference in uh, Pennsylvania, you know, our overall attendance was was way up, which was great. Um, so I would say the things that are most encouraging to me, people ask, what are the most encouraging things to you? And again, that's not what you asked. You asked for highlights. Um, 
So a highlight is the thing that kind of gets me up in the morning is when I think about conversations I have with youth workers who show up at YLT, whether Nashville or and specific ones in mind right now are a couple from Northeast. Um, and these are folks from small churches, uh, volunteer youth workers or part-time, you know, bivocational youth workers. And they, you know, their pastor kind of suggested they go or, uh, or someone suggested they go and they thought, sure, you know, I'll go, I'll check this thing out. But at the same time, kind of going in with a little bit of uh, insecurity, a little bit of trepidation, a little bit of like, what's this going to all be about? Um, and, you know, maybe it'll be helpful. And then at the end of the week, uh, you know, this is just kind of a, 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 a collection of some of the things I heard. But like at the end of the week, hearing youth leaders say, uh, thank you so much for knowing my name hmm. before I got here. Thank you so much for uh, for doing this, because I came uh, really not sure where I was going to fit into this. And, and I've left with. Uh, with two people from my prayer group who are very different than me, but I, I feel confident that we're going to stay in touch even just a little bit because by God's grace and y'all's encouragement, we got really vulnerable and, and we were struggling in very similar ways. Um, and, uh, and I wouldn't have had that opportunity without you guys. Uh, thank you for having this. It helps me see that what I'm doing in youth ministry, no matter how frustrating it is or how difficult it is, it matters. Even the little things matter, um, you know, or, we sometimes don't even feel like we have a youth ministry at our church, a youth group at our church, because we've only got four, five, six kids. But what this helps me realize is that if I have one kid in my church, we have we have a ministry to the next generation. And, and what you taught me here and what I'm going to go home and tell my leadership and my volunteers, it's so affirming and encouraging that God is at work in his church. Uh, we can lean on the, on, on the means of grace and the community of God's people to uh, to serve. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff is great. I also, another highlight is when I hear the, the people saying um, that not only were their ministries helped and encouraged, but they personally were seen, affirmed, and encouraged uh, as a person who also is struggling and needs the gospel. Uh, you know, our three words at YLT is equip, encourage, connect. And that encourage piece is, is rooted in this desire for youth workers, young and old, new and seasoned, to show up and have the gospel kind of wash over them. Um, in a number of different re refreshing ways so that they go home into their marriages or, or their or their uh, bivocational ministry or to their with their roommates, if you know, whatever their life situations are, which we all carry so much, you know, challenges. We're all broken people living in a broken world. And too often in ministry, especially ministry leaders, feel like they can't be real about where they're struggling. So highlights for me were in both conferences, numerous people coming and saying, this gave me a place to be vulnerable. Uh, I felt safe. I felt known. I felt affirmed that I don't have to have it all together, um, that, that Jesus does see and delight in me, um, and that what we're doing at our church, however we you know fumble around trying our best to serve the next generation, that we have to remember that God loves these kids more than we do, that he was at work in their lives before we, we, we do, before we were, and he'll be in work in their lives far, you know, much longer after. And uh, it's, it's, it, it invigorates them in the middle of their weakness and brokenness to, to get back in the game, you know, to go home and to, to love people uh, with the power of the gospel, which is now at work in their heart in a fresh way. Yeah. And just to, I mean, reiterate that point, I mean, kind of putting that in a word, um, if I had to kind of point to a highlight is, is community. Um, the, the community that you feel at YLT, uh, of course, Nashville, <clears throat> excuse me, since it's been around a little bit longer, it's, it's a little bigger. And, and even as you, talked about the numbers going down there a little bit. I mean, that's, you know, just stating that, that that's intentional, you know, trying to keep these YLTs at a smaller um, just number overall to, to foster that intimacy and allow us to, to connect more with each other. Um, but, but I think that's, that's just such a highlight to me. I mean, the, the intimacy and community that we had at YLT Nashville, but then, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, even more so, at uh, YLT Northeast, um, I mean that you know obviously a smaller group than than Nashville, and so there's a, there's more interaction there. But just the the community that that's shared around, um, you know, the fact that we're all doing youth ministry. There's just something about gathering with a group of people that are in the trenches, just like you are, whether whatever the context. Doing the same type of ministry is such a deep encouragement. Um, you know, as you share. The struggles in ministry and you know just from my perspective teaching one class and kind of sharing a struggle and seeing almost every head in the in the room nod <laughs> like okay we get this we're all on the same page here 
um, it's just such an encouraging thing. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, somebody, you know, just saying, you know, thank you for knowing my name, Michael. I mean, just to, to brag on Michael, I've, I've said Michael's like a ninja uh, and kind of the, the, <laughs> the youth ministry circles of just knowing churches, but knowing people's names. And so um, I know that's something that Michael does, uh, just make an effort to, um, yeah, to reach out and to, to, to know the individuals that are present. And I think it just assists that kind of community and intimacy that that's really, you know, a highlight for me. Amen to that. Um, the community piece is huge. Uh, I'd say another highlight, and this really not to diminish some of the speakers we've had in Nashville, but some of the speakers we've had in Nashville um, were kind of regular, so to speak. But, uh, you know, when we gathered in at YLT Northeast, uh, a group of 50 youth workers, you know, from 13 states and six denominations and, you know, like 30, over 35 churches. I can't remember the exact details, but a lot of them are fairly young, but we had, so a guy named Duffy Robbins, who is, you know, some of the younger people like didn't even really know the gravity of what they were hanging out with. Um, like he basically kind of invented Duffy. youth ministry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Uh, I mean, so Duffy and Walt and uh, uh, and Julie Lowe was there with us on Thursday from CCEF. She was also in Nashville. And, and Scotty Smith, um, longtime pastor, teacher, author, was with us for a day. And, and this small group being able to really get the kind of the, that FaceTime with those speakers and and uh, was was powerful too often. And this is a you know, a, I think this is a, an American evangelical problem where we kind of have the hero worship in ministry. And, um, you know, we just I, I meet people all the time, especially younger folks who who are probably more plugged into a podcast of a famous preacher than they are their local pastor. And I don't want this to sound super critical, although that's not necessarily the best way to roll. Um when I talk about Duffy and Walt, uh, I want to make sure that while it could very easily sound like kind of, you know, expert worship or pastor worship or whatever, uh, that the, the really cool thing with those guys is, is, is the, the setting here is not a distant um, lectern where they are talking and then they kind of go backstage. Uh, what, we're, what we're creating, the context we're creating, those guys who come, especially like Duffy in, in Northeast and Sandy Wilson, uh, interim pastor down in Birmingham right now, longtime pastor in Memphis. Uh, these are seasoned veterans, and they're they're in in and amongst our people all week long for the most part. They're accessible. They they say over and over, "Hey, I'm I'm around. Let's have lunch." And uh, and they really, you know, what what people don't realize is, is that as we talk to them and we share with them what we're doing, they they're really inspired uh, to to do more than just be a speaker at our conference. But we. We are in relationship with them. Um, not every single person who ever speaks at YLT, but in particular, Walt and and just coming out of this conference with Duffy, uh, it's been very encouraging. Some of the emails we've had with him and you know uh, RYM folks, you'll you'll be seeing more of him, uh, which is exciting to hear. Um, stay tuned, summer 2019. There may be an appearance at. Well, he's going to be the speaker at the Mid Atlantic Conference for the students, but leaders in particular. Um, uh, he may just show up at a conference and do some training, which would be awesome. Yeah. But I'm kind of rambling at this point. No. But it's a it's a certain level of intimacy with these men and women who are out there on the front line, um, who are who are uh, kind of locking arms with us. And and I'm sort of going stream of consciousness here, but I want to say this as well. Um, one of the things that we that I said there was, you know, these men and women who are out there on the front lines doing great uh, thought and writing and counselors and speakers you know some might say well you know i've been to a few ylts or i've seen your 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 speaker list and and i'd like to see more women and i just want to say to anyone who might be listening we do as well um and that's something that's on our heart uh and uh julie has been incredible uh, we're making plans for the future uh, other folks who are out there doing ministry there was a a youth worker named courtney mccorder who did an incredibly uh, accessible and practical teaching on Friday in Nashville. Um, you know, I know Joe is working towards bringing, uh, you know, female artists involved in music. Uh, and we have had females scheduled to, uh, to lead and teach that have had to cancel. That was a 2018 trouble. We had a couple that had to cancel, but, um, I want to see, you know, what, what I want to, what I, what I'm hoping that we will continue to see maybe more and more so at youth leader training is not only, uh, you know, great speakers who 
are thinking well about uh, the scriptures and ministry and the church. Um, they're more than just people who kind of come and, and share what they know, but but we can build relationships an avenue where youth workers can sit with them, can gain access to them uh, beyond the week. So that's a real heartbeat of ours, and there has been a little bit of a shift in that direction over the past couple of years. And uh, we're excited about meeting new people. Uh, and this is where uh, meeting new people, new men, new women uh, from other areas of the country, from other areas of the church, big C, who, uh, who might also be invigorated to, uh, to kind of uh, equip and encourage and uh, connect with youth workers who are serving in local churches. Yeah. Now, like you said, so many good things. And I mean, one thing I want to say, just as you're kind of giving a, a teaser for uh, Duffy Robbins, uh, possibly making some, you know, more up appearances. Uh, it's exciting to think about some of the, the possibilities for Wild T 2020. I mean, just some of the, you know, possible speakers, even um, musicians, things like that, that could could join us uh, in 2020. That that almost look somewhat confirmed. I mean, it's so exciting, but we're not going to make you know that announcement here right now unless Michael has something he wants to jump in and, and say in just a minute. But yeah, to me, as you you know, you're talking about Duff, Duffy Robbins and and Walt Mueller, and um, you know, we joke all the time just how much. Walt's name has been said on this podcast. I really, if somebody's out there, if they want to go back through every single episode on this podcast and just <laughs> add that up, I, that'd be awesome. Uh, we'll give you some kind of t-shirt or something if you do that. Um, but, the Walt, the Waltometer. <laughs> but I mean, to me, you know, how, how long they've been, you know, in youth ministry and just their overall experience in youth ministry, it's got to be a shot in the arm for them. And as they've said this, to look out and to see, okay, the next generation of youth ministry and, and, you know, this a theological, a theologically rich uh, youth ministry uh, philosophy being communicated to this next generation. I know it's just such an encouragement to them, and it's great to hear that testimony from them about what's what's going on at Wild And that's not just, hey, boasting in Wild and RYM and what we're doing, but boasting in the Lord and His truth and uh, the, the desire and longing for us as His uh, children stewarding his word, uh, passing that on to the next generation. So, um, again, it's just exciting and encouraging to, to hear that. Um, so Michael, I mean, we've been talking about, you know, a lot of the highlights and the joys and, you know, such an encouraging week. Um, uh, but, but an aspect of what we, we do at RYM, not only at youth theater training, but also our summer conferences are, you know, we pass out evaluation forms and what we, you know, emphasize each year, uh, that, Hey, look, we sincerely want to hear, um, just ways in which we can grow and improve because we know we're all sinful people. And so our conferences and our youth theater training is, uh, you know, is going to be imperfect. We're not going <laughs> to pull off, you know, the perfect youth theater training or summer conference. Um, and so just Michael, kind of based on some of those, you know, behind the scenes evaluations that you receive, what, what are some ways in which, you know, you hope to, uh, to grow YLT or, you know, make some adjustments at YLT um, to hopefully, you know, just better serve the church. Again, not speaking negatively here, but those ways in which we just hope to grow YLT. Absolutely. Um, you know, the evaluation forms are, are crucial. And um, those of you who attended this year and didn't fill out an evaluation, Shame on yes. you. Yes. I'm publicly shaming. That, that's kidding. why I asked this question. Uh, I was trying to guilt trip those people who are listening. <laughs> that's right. We're just trying to know. Um, I totally understand. It's one of those tricky things. Like, so we pass out these paper evaluations and ask people to kind of share. And, you know, we live in an age, some people are like, what's this paper? I don't know how to, what do I do with it? Um, and, uh, you know, but we just know statistically that if we just tell people, hey, when you get home, fill out this online form, we're going to get even far, far less. So, uh, uh, but we do send it out after the fact. So, anyway. Uh, random start to answer of your question. Um, that was my way of trying to say, like, we do treasure getting the feedback. Mm -hmm. And and I guarantee you, like, I've been, you know, leading the conferences for just, uh, I guess this was my third, third YLT to a uh, year to lead um, and having kind of that uh, up close and personal view of these evaluations. Um, and we've made changes every year through them, uh, developmental growth changes that have helped us become a better, uh, better experience. Um, because what we want to do, we want to be answering the questions that youth leaders are asking. We don't want to just assume, uh, anything. Um, you know, we want every year to, 
Uh, and the, the cool thing is, is every year we get affirmation of of those three things that we are equipping and we can continue to grow in that area. We are uh, encouraging leaders and here are the most encouraging aspects and things we want to keep doing and ways we can improve that. Um, and in uh, the connection piece, we're just tweaking every year to find that steady balance of content and, and connection uh, space for people to hang out. Um, and we're going to keep getting better at that. And we just love hearing back from people. So, I mean, some of the things that we've done uh, this year in particular, for the first year in the 12-year history of, of YLT, there was no actual training and teaching on Monday. Um, you know, much to the joy of people who had to travel long distances, <laughs> often would be in like a, a four o'clock in the afternoon Monday uh, seminar that they were doing everything they could to, uh, to not hear the airplane sound or the road trip noise <laughs> in their ear. Uh, even speakers had told us, you know, this is, you know, it's hard to really engage people. Um, and just over the past two years, we've adjusted Monday. Uh, and we, I think we hit close to the sweet spot this year, mm-hmm. um, with Nashville being the best kind of, uh, representation of it with just because of the, the volume of people and, and, uh, and stuff. But like, so, you know, moving from like a four o'clock seminar and then going into dinner and an evening, um, we've kind of changed Monday night to be more of a celebration. Um, you know, we're, we're giving people, you know, all we do, you check in and then there's an opening banquet. Uh, and in Nashville, we catered a barbecue dinner that was just really good. Um, uh, wow. I said that and I can taste the banana pudding from that meal in my mouth right now. <laughs> I am both, I'm both a disturbing person as well as like so happy that that just happened. Anyway, uh, you know, catered in a dinner, um, and just kept everybody in the, in the dining room area for a, a wonderful meal together uh, and then we had some testimonies from youth workers uh, of, of ways they've seen God at work. And they're just uh, so we could celebrate that. So we had three in uh, in each place where folks just kind of shared just they were all fairly mundane to a certain degree type stories of what God's up to. And we just wanted to stop and say, we we're so excited about what God's doing in your churches. And these are just a couple of examples. And then went into a season of, of worship and hearing uh, the first uh, the first message from our evening speaker. And then ending the night with dessert uh, and kind of hot drinks and stuff. And everybody just kind of hanging out. Um, so that just kind of, we're here. We're all together and celebrating and, and, and not having to try to hustle there to, to sit into a classroom. Uh, lots of people said, thank you so much for there not being any teaching. You know, so much better for me to, to get settled in. And then went, you know, full, full speed Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on uh, teaching. Uh, another schedule thing we did that, that was built off of you know our own suspicions but also feedback from the evaluation form as we tried to get to the evening meeting earlier so that people could get out to dinner earlier you know we have this two of the two of the many but two of the highlights that people share from ylt especially in nashville and honestly after year one in in pennsylvania it was a big highlight there as well the nights out together uh going out to dinner together in groups you know they're groups of groups of two groups of 20 um and in nashville you know, everybody wants to go out to dinner. You know, some don't go all the way into town, but there's lots of fun places to go out and hang out together afterwards. And in previous years, they weren't leaving the Y until sometimes, you know, 630. Uh, but this year we moved that evening meeting earlier. So the two highlights I was going to say is the nights out together, but also the evening worship, like hearing the evening speaker and, and the singing together and the, 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 lean, the listening to the gospel preached from God's word. Those are two highlights. So uh, we want to make sure those are happening at the right times. And and uh, we we made a good step in that direction of getting everybody out earlier. Um, and then one of the criticisms sometimes people say is in previous years was when they don't get enough rest, uh, you know, because of the later nights forced on them by the later evening. So we actually did get some feedback saying, you know, except for the guy snoring in the bed <laughs> across the way, I at least had the opportunity to get some more sleep. Um this year thanks for getting us uh getting us to dinner earlier uh little things like that uh i would say uh uh, the encouragement to have a more diverse teaching group is another thing that we just honestly want to uh uh to to really lean into um and the first thought is is trying to see more women teaching and i think you know nashville we did have two this year and we had julie come and in the northeast and we are actively working to uh to just identify affirm and, uh, and really just release some uh, really gifted women who are uh, uh, who understand the philosophy of ministry, who are uh, gifted in ministry. And we want to put them in front of all of our youth workers 
to teach and lead. So we're excited about growing that. Um, uh, one thing that I, I will say this, uh, this, this, it's, it's something that we see in the philosophy, in, in the, uh, excuse me, in the evaluation forms. Um, people, uh, some people say you guys do a great job of a balance between uh, theoretical, philosophical, theological reflection and the practical issues. Uh, lots of people say perfect balance, perfect balance, doing a great job. You know, we need to be reflective, you know, instead of only thinking about the how to's. But ever so often you got folks who come in and they and they they're asking, hey, we need you know, I want to know how to do a mission trip or I want to know how to do really practical things. And, and I feel like those evaluation comments are super helpful for us as we plan like our elective classes. And it also helps us as a ministry because thankfully our YM is bigger than just this event. Um, you know, we're trying to serve these youth workers through this event, but also through summer conferences and through the growing area of resources. So uh, one of these things these evaluations do is they help us grow the conference to think through how to have a better week. Um, but it also helps us think how as a ministry can we serve these youth workers? Because that's one of the things that I've loved about YLT over the past probably I don't know. Joey would probably be able to answer this better, but I would say over the past five, six years, seven years, um, YLT has helped us grow our ministry towards the church because it's it's connected us with more youth workers to hear their thoughts, questions, needs. It's given us an idea of what resources do we need to produce. And and uh, so these evaluation forms help us improve that week, but also help us grow our ministry to serve more people. What I was thinking when I started reflecting on the last part of evaluations and how they're beneficial is, you know, every year we get the evaluation forms and uh, there's always things that are being asked that we can't necessarily cover, uh, can't necessarily cover in the course of a week, um, which is both a challenge and an encouragement because it helps us think about the next year, but it also helps us think about what can we be doing outside of YLT because YLT will never be able to cover everything and if we forget what ylt is all about and try to make it uh as big a mall as possible with as many stores as possible and as many answers as possible uh every year while we might get more content on the table so to speak you know under one roof so to speak uh what we would end up doing is diminishing all of that content um and our focus on, and we do get this feedback, and uh, I experienced it as a youth worker myself, the, the focus on biblical theological reflection on the why we do what we do um, and that, that, that interpretive grid of how we think about ministry, uh, uh, presuppositions, goals, purpose, principles, all those things, they keep us focused because, you know, sometimes people come to YLT and they're like, wow, this, this felt like it was really only saw one part of the church, Big C. Um, but what the truth is, while sure, if you look at that externally, it might look that way. What the truth is, is that I personally know and our speakers know that there are men and women in uh, primarily white suburban churches and primarily African-American churches who are fleshing out this exact same philosophy of ministry. There are folks in rural Kansas and you know downtown LA who are thinking about ministry and being blessed and energized and inspired about their ministry from this exact philosophy of ministry that we're teaching. So, so long as we keep asking ourselves, are we delivering that in a way that helps people see how it translates, how it can affect the practical aspects of their ministry, um, we're going to continue to grow uh, the effectiveness of YLT uh, because it'd be easy for us to find 20 speakers on 20 key topics um, and bring them in. And kind of shrink down the philosophy ministry stuff and just tell everybody to think well about ministry. Um, but we're deliberately saying, hey, we need to we need to come back year after year and have some robust, thoughtful discussion and engaging teaching on on biblical theological issues related to the why we do what we do and accent it with key things from key speakers who have particular gifts in certain areas. Um, and our evaluations help us to pinpoint that as best we can. Uh, so. That's probably, as many know, I don't, I don't, I'm not gifted and succinct, but I think that was a coherent thought uh, about about the how evaluations <laughs> help, uh, and how even when we see some of the areas where we perceive weakness, the comments where we see, hey, you guys need to do more of this, it helps us to think it's maybe less about having more topical, practical teaching. It's more about how we teach the philosophy ministry needs to keep getting better and better. 
getting we're getting there we're we're growing um and it's the the comments from youth workers that are helping us get there hmm. now you're you're too hard on yourself michael that that was a good um succinct uh comment because i mean as i ask you about evaluations i mean you're thinking of you know hundreds of evaluations you've seen as i ask you that yeah you've looked at every individual evaluation of every single wild attendee and so for you to try to condense that down is a challenging thing so um you know as you're just saying these evaluations are important and i hope people as they're hearing you discuss this that they realize oh wow he he, he really does uh, read through these as well as joey as well as others i mean we we look through some of these and i mean the teachers as well, just ways in which the teachers can grow. Um, I mean, just a comment I want to make because, again, I I don't have uh, a lot of um, – I don't do the behind-the-scenes work of YLT uh, like Michael does. Sometimes I think, you know, we need to be reminded that – um, we need to be cautious of how we can communicate uh, some some of the critique. Um, there are some every year. It can just be such a discouragement where um, people can be somewhat graceless in their comments, and um, you know some of that can just be okay. It's just jotting down notes on a sheet of paper, and it's written kind of quickly, and um, that that might not be the intent. I want to definitely give people the benefit of the benefit of the doubt, but just a reminder um, as people do fill out these evaluations just to, to show the love of Christ, even in the critique and to, to be gracious and uh, some of what's written. So that's just something I want to say, not something um, uh, I'm, you know, doing that for uh, or, or being fed that from Michael. I just want to say that out there um, just to let people think about some of the comments that they make. Um, yeah. I, I do want to, as you said something very early on to Michael, just a very random thing. You talked about hot drinks in Nashville. I do know that's what that's a that's a criticism I think we've gotten is just uh, did we try to pick the coldest week of the year in Nashville, Mississippi? Uh, in Nashville, Mississippi, Nashville, <laughs> Nashville, Tennessee. Every year, do we try to do that? Um, yeah. So the hot drinks were vitally important that week. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I mean, year after year, there's some sort of like crazy weather phenomenon. Now, now while it was bitter cold in Nashville this year, uh, it was really funny. Uh, so there's one youth worker named Eric who had just moved like literally the month of January from Texas to Chicago. Um, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he was hearing from his family, you know, why did we do this? Because that week of YLT, it was colder in Chicago than it was in Antarctica, um, uh, you know, and, and stuff like that. And there was a guy from Sartell, Minnesota, who came down and he, you know, like, he was outside, you know, in his bathing suit. So no, I'm just kidding. He wasn't. Um, but like, it was like balmy for those guys because that polar vortex was just, just gripping uh, the upper Midwest. It's so cold, but yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, uh, you know, who does a conference in the dead of winter? Well, if you do it in, in warm national, it's always great. Right. <laughs> um, well, and, um, and, and the crazy thing, I mean, it was warmer in uh, paradise, Pennsylvania than it was Nashville. And of course, you know, it was March in, in Pennsylvania, but one unique aspect of, Pennsylvania was, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of in uh, just Amish country. So there's a lot of farms and all the manure was being spread, I think, on, on the farm. So every <laughs> building that you walked out of, it was just a waft of manure. And it's great talking to someone like Walt Mueller, and he's just accustomed to it. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's just this time of year. You, you get kind of used to that. But um, so I guess the, the freezing cold in Nashville, the manure smell <laughs> in uh, paradise. Hey, we're, we're really selling these conferences. I mean, these, these youth that are training, aren't we? <laughs> That's right. Um, it was funny. I mean, so the joke of YLT in paradise was, was too easy, like all year as we we're promoting, you know, YLT in paradise, whatever, you know, we're calling it Northeast because, well, it doesn't matter. But when I, I, I laughs out loud, so. So there's two gals from Washington State. They flew into uh, um, Baltimore, and another leader from Wisconsin flew into uh, Baltimore. Uh, shout out Chantel and Nicole from Issaquah, Washington, and Katie Van E from Dousman, Wisconsin. But they were drove up from Baltimore. It's only about an hour and a half or so, and they they were at the church, and uh, you know, and I just they were outside the church, and there's a farm, like literally you know, a quarter of a mile to the, to the East and you can see the cows and, uh, and I was like, welcome to paradise. We were all kind of sniffing. Welcome <laughs> to paradise. Uh, uh, yeah, that was, that was great. It was great. Yeah, but well, Hey John, I wanted to say, I wanted to say something that you might want to edit back over to where you were talking about the way people comment. Yes. Um, I like what you're saying there, John, about how we, uh, you know, how we share thoughts, ideas, evaluation, comments, strengths, weaknesses, 
Um, and this is sort of just a, you know, what do you call it? Uh, piggyback on that. Um, many of the folks who attend youth leader training are, are young ish ministry leaders in the church. And we live in a time when it is uh, crucial for us to be reflective on how we engage uh, public discourse and how we share opinions and thoughts. And we all know that, that we're capable or susceptible to being influenced by the way uh, the world flies, the way the world does what it does. And, and, and I do think we, we live in a world that has where, where public discourse has been reduced to, you know, just a certain number of characters, quick hits, uh, you know, everything's a tweet or a social media post. And, and we're not engaging people face to face like we used to. And and there are things that we would say uh, in a text or uh, not even a text because uh, in, in a post or on a form um, that uh, that we wouldn't necessarily say exactly the same way if we were face to face with that person. So this is obviously a tangent. But knowing that likely younger, you know, youth workers, youth leaders, people in the church are each other accountable um, to sure speak the truth where it's needed. But. But uh, we need to speak the truth in love. And we need to also have people uh, challenging us to say, uh, you know, is how we spoke the most loving way to, to do so. Um, and sometimes when you have um, uh, more kind of pointed comments to make towards things, uh, do the vulnerable, do the, uh, uh, the courageous thing uh, and give someone a personal phone call. Um, Give someone a, have a personal meeting with someone and let that uh, let that be something that, yeah, that's frightening to do. Sure. It's uh, it's kind of risky, um, but just lobbing stuff out into the uh, the Twitterverse. Uh, we in the church need to be on the front lines of, of, of bringing that to a close um, and uh, at being more just being do, using our words better, uh, using our words to bless and not to tear down. Um, and, uh, and ask good questions. Sure. And, and give honest feedback. Sure. But be thoughtful about how we do it. So I just, I appreciated you saying that. And I thought, you know, thinking about who's listening to this, you know, maybe the, uh, a, a number of them are, are people who are engaged in various blogs and, and things like that. Uh, let us, uh, as the younger church, uh, help stem the tide of, of some of the foolish talk that's going on, um, in the broader church. Now that, that's a good word. Off my soapbox. No, no, no. That, that, that's <laughs> a good word. And it's, and it's encouragement because I mean, as I, I think I use the word graceless. Um, that's, that's putting it, um, <laughs> kindly about some of the comments we receive at times. So it's, it's an important discussion we need to have. And, and as you said, I think there's a strong correlation to, for sure about just the social media culture we live in. Um, and you know, as you're saying these things, my mind's always thinking resources, and this is a book that I've plugged uh, a few times, but the book them T H E M by Ben Sass. Um, I think the subtitle is why we hate each other and how we can grow. Um, I mean him talking about, he's, you know, a, a Senator in Nebraska and him talking about just the, the increased hatred he's received. I mean, he's received receives death threats constantly. I mean, he's had people throw blood on the door of his front door of his house. I mean, and so him just kind of saying some of this increased um, hatred that we're seeing and just so much of the, you know, Twitter sphere and, and everything is because we're becoming more isolated as a society. And um, it's an excellent read. It's such an easy read. I mean, it's one of those, it's just, it's hard to put down. It's so, it's so interesting, but uh, I think it, it definitely connects to, to what you're saying, Michael, and the encouragement here. Um, and, and look, um, there's a lot more we could say, and I guess let me give a plug as well. Uh, on Parenting Today, uh, Kurt and I are going to have uh, Richie Sessions on um, probably in the month of May to talk about social media uh, because there's there's a lot that, I mean, Christians, we, we've got to be different from the world and we've got to, um, yeah, be taking some strides to, to speak more uh, graciously to each other. And so, um, yeah, that just kind of goes along with what you're saying, Michael. So, Michael, look, I know you've got somewhere you need to go, and we were having a little bit of a shorter podcast today. We need to start wrapping this up. What about ending, I mean, as we end on some an encouraging note, not that that was just discouraging. I think that needs to be said. Um, what, what are some things, uh, you know, maybe – some one-liners that you, that you heard or, you know, a, a statement that's just kind of resonated with you that was made by um, one of the speakers or a conversation you, you had just maybe a, a few kind of bullet points. I'll share a few as well as we kind of wrap this up. 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and don't let us get off without, you know, making sure we say dates uh, and stuff for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we can make sure everybody knows that we are actually having wild tea <laughs> next year. Um, uh, anyway, I think, uh, you know, I mean, post conference email from, from Duffy Robbins, um, involved Michael Walt kept telling me about you guys and telling me how great it would be, but it was fun to see it for myself. Thanks for your vision and your passion for helping youth workers reflect biblically and theologically about ministry. Um, that just spoke, spoke a lot of encouragement to me. Um, as a guy who has seen youth ministry training and gatherings of every shape and size, literally all over the world. Um, a couple of other one-liners that, uh, that I saw here on um, philosophy ministry gives us, quote, tracks to run on, end quote, the purpose and goals conversation with John Stone, comma, very practical and helpful, um, helpful and practical, relatable. Uh, these things are kind of comments that I've said here. There's another one here that uh, I thought was great. Um, it says here. Oh, sorry. I had it pulled up and then I moved. All of it was really good. There's so much on a theological philosophical level that it helps big picture, but pragmatism isn't sacrificed. And I think what they might mean there by just the ability to make practical decisions, et cetera, et cetera. Then it goes on to say some of the best stuff I heard was in chatting with Joe Deegan and John Perry. I mean, that's just straight off the page. I, I'm not, that's just reading it. And then it says, same person says Julie Lowe was excellent too. So. He's making that up by the way. Um, so look, some of this, I mean, as I think of, uh, you know, a highlight or a one liner, it's not necessarily a one liner, but just the, the last um, sermon that um, Sandy Wilson preached on joy in ministry. Uh, that's just something that continues to come back to me. And uh, I mean, the, the beauty of this conference is most of these talks are, are up online. So you can go to rym.org uh, slash training and you'll see some some links there. I think it, it might actually be under, which is funny because that's my area. It's under the resources tab. Mm-hmm. So if you go to rym.org slash resources, you'll see conference media. And that's all of our summer youth conferences, as well as the YLTs. You can go back and, and listen to many of these talks. And so I, I definitely encourage, I mean, that one alone, um, Sandy Wilson's, but to look at all of his talks as they build off of each other. Um, and so that, that would be a, a definite, you know, highlight something I would point to, um, uh, Michael, uh, please feel free to add, you know, another highlight as we close this out, but also want to remind you to mention the dates of YLT 2020. You want to go ahead and, and give us those. Do you know those off the top of your head? Yeah. So we will be back in Nashville, um, January 27th through the 31st. So we will wrap up January in 2020 in Nashville, YLT, same location, uh, there at the Josie Davis YMCA, um, Although, uh, uh, and, and I will announce that we have Scotty Smith will be our evening preacher. Um, and that also means as every year, the evening speaker uh, at YLT spends a session with, uh, with some of the folks in the year three plus crowd as well. Um, so that's something to be looking forward to. And, uh, uh, and I will say, so the, uh, the YLT Northeast Conference, uh, we are soon to lock in those dates. Uh, it will likely either March 2nd through the 6th, which is the very first week of March, or the 9th through the 13th. This year, it was the second week in March, the 11th to 15th. Um, and we had a little bit, a few folks who were kind of wanted to come but couldn't because of a little bit of a change. So we might bump it a week earlier, uh, but it will con- it will remain early March. We will go back to the same exact location hosted by Keystone Church in Paradise, Pennsylvania, and we will do lodging at the uh, Intercourse Village Inn and Suites. Yes, you heard me right. Intercourse, Pennsylvania, right <laughs> up the road. Um, side note, but also a true and hilarious one. Uh, there were a number of folks in Pennsylvania who had been to the Nashville Conference before. Um, and on their evaluations, they said, the sleeping arrangements this year were significantly better, exclamation point. I may never go back to Nashville. It's kind of funny because, you know, Nashville's not awful, you know, in terms of its cabins at a Y, but in terms of cabins, they're pretty nice. V- very um, nice cabins. Like, you know, Let me jump in. Very nice cabins. That's right. Like 20 people in one cabin, right? That's right. You know, well, yeah. It, yeah. And, and you know, here are these guys rolling up into uh, into Pennsylvania. We've got a pretty nice hotel and, you know, never more than three in a room. Everybody has their own bed, you know, hot water, 
you know, refrigerators in the room, uh, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was a, you know, it certainly wasn't the, uh, uh, a marquee five-star hotel, but it was, it's a nice hotel, very well kept. Um, and, um, very comfortable, mm-hmm. uh, climate control, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so, you know, and then just a couple of miles, literally a couple of miles across a couple of farms from there to the church. So it's beautiful rural setting and, uh, excited about returning to those spots next year. Um, and, uh, uh, continue to see the Northeast conference grow. So, uh, oh, and I wanted to say, uh, we don't have our evening speaker selected for the March conference in Pennsylvania, but we do know, um, that we will have Paul Miller, um, and Robert Rowe from cjesus.net. Robert Rowe did an elective in Nashville and got a lot of great um, uh, kind of feedback on the evaluation form. And their whole thing is helping people see the person of Jesus mm-hmm. um, in their ministries. So we, you know, all these books written about his his ministry and all the things he did, but not much written about who he was um, and, uh, and unpacking the beauty of that. And they've just done some incredible stuff. So we're looking for that. Paul Miller has written A Praying Life and um, – uh, love walked among us, uh, all this kind of stuff. So he's going to be with us for a portion of our time. We we are leaning into CCEF and Harvest USA, which are right down the road in the Philadelphia area, um, and hoping to announce kind of some of those key speakers at both conferences. We would love to be able to announce some of those before this summer and then talk it up all summer long. So uh, stay tuned for more information on those speakers um for both conferences but again uh, last week of january for nashville and uh one of the first two weeks of march for 2020 ylt hope you can make plans to join us yeah i mean it is i mean just once again as i was a youth worker in the local church uh ylt became just a vital week for me every year uh, to come to and just a shot in the arm uh, to be reminded of why I was doing what I was doing and uh, to, to focus on the, the, the call of youth ministry and, and why, yeah, why, why we're, we're, we're trying to um, reach these students and partner with parents and uh, local uh, youth ministry. And um, hopefully as, as you've listened to all of this, you just hear RYM's love for the local church and how RYM seeks uh, to, to reach out and partner with the local church to encourage youth workers, encourage parents uh, to disciple students at our summer conferences. Um, so, yeah, I hope people people hear that. Um, Michael, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, as you mentioned, CCEF and Harvest USA, I mean, those who listen to the local youth worker know we've had um, – uh, many on uh, from CCF and Harvest USA. I mean, those are two awesome ministries that we want to direct people to and continue to partner with. So we're excited about that. Michael, anything you want to add as we close this out? Um, I don't know if there's any new content, but just to affirm what you said is that uh, RYM exists to serve the local church in its efforts to reach youth for Christ and equip them to serve. And we feel like the most strategic way for us to serve the church is, is, uh, caring for, um, encouraging, equipping, and connecting youth leaders. Um, so many men and women are trying to to do. It feels overwhelming. It feels so challenging. Um, it's not getting any easier to be an adolescent. Um, and the church, uh, anyone listening to this, whether you're a youth worker or a parent, um, just know that uh, the greatest thing students need is the church, not the building and the institution and its programs, but the people, uh, the men and women of of the Lord. Um, who, who find their identity in him. And as we care for youth workers at YLT, um, really, I would say it's probably not far to say it, it, our greatest goal is that they, whether they attend YLT or not, um, that you know that, that the Lord delights in you because of Jesus and that you are, uh, he is satisfied uh, with you because of Jesus um, and that you, uh, you don't have to have all the answers. Um, and, uh, you're prayed for, you're appreciated uh, in any and all efforts you do in the name of Jesus to reach students. Um, press on. Um, God is at work. And don't hesitate reaching out to us uh, to connect. Maybe you can never come to YLT and you really would like to, but let's get on the phone. Let's talk. Let's uh, let's meet up. And um, we want to serve you and what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, thank you, Michael, for that. Thank you for all your efforts to make YLT happen. Um, I know it's, it's serving many youth workers and churches uh, faithfully. Uh, to those who are, who are listening, I'd encourage you, look, if you know someone in youth ministry, if you know a friend who's serving in youth ministry and they have not attended YLT, you know, pass this podcast along to them, encourage them to listen to it, and then encourage them to, to register next year. I mean, it is such an awesome, encouraging week um, 
thanks for for tuning in, everyone. Um, also, want to direct you to our Parenting Today podcast. Uh, last week, we talked about Christian culture, uh, music, and movies specifically, and uh, we actually got um, some feedback from Reverend John Stone. And so, we are doing a follow up on that uh, to add some nuances to that discussion. So, all this week, I guess Tuesday and Thursday, we'll be talking with John Stone on Parenting Today. So, check that out. Um, Michael, did you want to add something as we're closing down? Thanks a lot, John, for all you do. It's a pleasure to work with you. It's a pleasure to call you friend and uh, uh, really, really thankful for your work. brother. Absolutely, man. Glad to have you on. And thanks to all those who are, who are listening. Have a good day, Michael. Peace. Oh, come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without pay.